Hello. Welcome to Salem the Podcast. We are your hosts and favorite Salem tour guides. My name is Sarah Black. And I'm Jeffrey Lilly. Thanks for joining us. Today, we are going to be talking about Bewitched, the TV show. I'm not going to sing this song. You do that better than me. Aw, thank you. <laughs> Please do it by the end of this year. <laughs> by the end of season one, we're going to get Jeffrey to sing the Bewitched theme song. Huh. Dun, dun. No, okay, I said yes. just cut that out. <laughs> That's all you're giving <laughs> me? <it>. Done. <laughs> all right. So when we say Bewitched, we don't mean like the 2005 film with Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell. We're going back a few more decades. We're talking about the original. Back in the 70s? Yeah. The good stuff? Yeah. Did you watch it when? Uh, 80s, 90s, Nick at Night, TV Land, all that stuff. I definitely watched enough of it to know what it was, who the characters were. That opening scene is iconic. That music mm-hmm. is is iconic. I think, I, I don't say everyone, but I think everyone knows that. It definitely brings back some good memories. Mom would throw it on like before school in the mornings. And fun fact, my best friend, Samantha, she's actually named after, after. the Samantha. That's cute. As I'm sure a lot of 90s babies and 80s babies. Probably were. And probably 70s babies were. 70, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's common naming your your kid after some, you know, popular TV show. Let's not bring up Game of Thrones. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> right? <It's, laughs> yeah. All the people that named their children Khaleesi yeah, or so, Daenerys. They, sort of, sort of yeah. the same thing. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so. Fire with, and blood. <laughs> with, the, uh, with the TV sh- show, though, it's sort of a popular landmark or or idea here in Salem, right? Because it's Salem. Oh, Salem. Oh, Bewitched. There's all sorts of things in the city named Bewitched. I I work for Bewitched Tours, not named after the show, um, but we operate out of Bewitched in Salem. It's a a storefront right off of Essex Street. And right in the window is a big graphic of Samantha. Right. And if you go just a block further down Essex Street, you're going to run into the nine foot bronze statue of her as well. Which is probably one of like the most iconic landmarks today oh, in yeah. Salem. I like to refer to her as the the most famous selfie partner. Yeah. If you go to her anytime in October, you're bound to see a line of people waiting to take a picture with her. And it's it's right in what we call Lappin Park. So there's a sort of outside little park area. That's where a big Christmas tree is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's right in the corner of Washington and Essex Street. Uh, it's literally like... Right in the heart of of downtown Salem. Yeah, it's actually, it's one of my favorite intersections. you got so much going on there. You go just a block up, you've got the Witch House, Rockefellers right across the street where the old church used to be. And if you come during like festive season, there's always a lot of things going on. Did you know, little known fact, uh, that where the Samantha statue stands today would have been in Judge Hathorne's front yard? I did know that. Yes. I stopped there on my tours uh-huh. and I do include that right that's, where that tree is yeah, next to. Yeah. Yep. So that's one of my favorite things. There's a big sort of, you know, middle finger to the, to the, you're like, ha now you have a witch, like the most yep. infamous popular right there. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Roll in, roll in your grave. Yep. Is, is I hopefully. love it. So the TV show Bewitched, uh, we watched as we're talking about it. we Sat down and and went back and we watched what's famously known as the Salem Saga episodes. So it was pretty fun. Neither of us, you know, we'd seen episodes here and there, but neither of us had sat down and watched the Salem episodes. The Salem episode. And we were so excited. So, so when you say pretty fun, I, I would say it was 
absolutely amazing. Yeah, it, I'm it kicking myself so much for fun. waiting so long to watch that. Right? Like, oh yeah, there's be. I didn't know we had so much fun. It was well acted, well scripted, well it written, was funny. Yeah. It it was a, a special effects were great. Yeah, the the night we just sat there and, and sat down with some drink. It was it was a lot of fun. So the saga itself is. Um, eh, we were trying to argue over how many episodes six, it technically seven, encompasses, eight. but yeah, it's like between six and eight. It starts in season seven. The first two episodes, they're only talking about going to Salem. So they're called to go or not to go and Salem, here we come. So literally it's, are we going to Salem? Yeah, we're going to Salem. And it's all under the premise of there is a witches council here oh. in town. Dun, dun, dun. Darren actually isn't allowed to go at first. They're able to convince the Empress to let him attend. Which, like, he's not even attending. Like, can I bring my husband to stay in the hotel while I... And they're like, no, no, you can't. Nope. No mortals. Yeah, no no mortals. They're just visiting Salem, which Mm -hmm. is going... Again, that goes into the the sort of plot line of the show. Right. I think my favorite part about those episodes, he's talking to his boss, and he's like, yeah, I think Samantha and I, we need need to get away. We need to take a trip. A little vacation. And his boss says, oh, well, I need you to do this work. Oh, oh, well, I know. We've got plenty of offices around the world. I can send you to Paris, to Rome. Sounds wonderful. And he says, oh, we're actually thinking Salem, Massachusetts. Which, so to, to add insult to injury, I, the the show takes place in Westport, Connecticut. So it's maybe maybe a three hour, four hour drive if you hit some traffic in Connecticut, which you will. Uh, but that's it. So he's telling his boss, "We need to go on this big vacation." Mm-hmm. His boss is like, "You can go to Europe, travel the world." And he's like, "Well, we're gonna go up to Massachusetts." And Salem wasn't even that hot of a spot back then. It is now. Well, that's the thing. He's like, "Wait a minute, Salem, Massachusetts." I just offered you Rome, Paris. You want to go to Salem, Massachusetts? Today, people come from those places. Well, maybe not today, today, but they used not, to. Yeah, they used to, <laughs> which is hilarious. People will travel from Paris and Rome and, to come to Salem. And they also travel from Connecticut, from New York. We get a ton of visitors from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not outside of the realm of what people do today, which is also pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Going up the coast. Yeah, yeah. So the first episode that is sort of the Salem saga, like the actual is called the Salem saga. Yeah. Episode three. And, um, it's funny. They're in Connecticut and for some reason they still decide to fly up. Yeah. So they're going to drive from Westport into the city. I'm maybe LaGuardia or, or where not, and then fly up to Boston to then drive into Salem. I think it was all for the purpose of making the jokes about witches flying. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, they're like, we can just fly. Well, we can't fly. We have Darren and then we have the bags and da, et cetera. So one of the best parts about this episode on their way up there, Andorra, who's Samantha's mother, of course, uh, doesn't want to fly on a plane because what witch would fly on right. a plane? No. How, how, no. So <laughs> no. During the journey, Samantha looks out and sees her mother on the wing, just flying, just hanging out, just chilling. arms yeah. waving it's in the breeze. It's not like they're going like a few hundred miles an hour. Happy as can be. Yeah. And all I could think of during that moment. Have you seen Bridesmaids? I have not. What? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. What? I know. Okay. There. We'll, we'll get around to it. Are you serious? Yes. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> in Bridesmaids, there's this moment that they're going. So it's basically the premise is best friends getting married okay, and yeah. she's asked to be the maid of honor. They plan a Vegas bachelorette party. So they're on the plane. Uh, the friend's name is Annie. She's not a fan of flying. She's super, super nervous. She's also stuck in coach while everyone else is in first class. Oh. And the kind of not so... Um, likable character Helen she's the new best friend she's trying to take over the life and you know all the wedding festivities she offers to help her out gives her a muscle relaxer tells her to wash it down with some vodka like and, you do <laughs> like you do she ends up looking outside and thinks that she sees a woman on the wing <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, this is actually happening in Bewitched. Like, did the writers take that? Hilarious. So you think that the that scene in Bridesmaids was inspired? It possibly could have. Well, because then it goes on. There's a she gets on the intercom and she's like, there's a woman. On the plane, on the wing, she's in colonial clothing and she's churning butter. Oh, it's totally. (laughs) I mean, Andorra wasn't. She but wasn't that, she wasn't in colonial clothing. Or churning but. butter, but that's I, I would say that's definitely inspired Hilarious. by that. Also because once uh that sort of scene it, towards the end, the the woman who sees Endora on a plane takes a takes a pill. <gasps> oh yeah. Right? Yeah. She like and, and she asks the stewardess for, for something to, to wash it down with. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, there's a there's a chick in the plane that's also sees Endora and just then just, also sees Samantha join her out there. Yes, yes, yeah, Samantha, Samantha blinks out onto it with her and she's like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And, and she pops a Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah, okay. Yeah. I like that. I got a kick out of it. So they land in Logan, uh, they get a car and they head up towards Salem. And they drive right in the city, and the first thing that they see is this sign with a witch on it. And it's very um, crone Yeah, stereotypical old hag. The nose and the the whatnot. Um, I know some witches like that in in, in the city. Don't say that. Okay, street (laughs) street performer. Yeah, oh, you mean like Bora. I thought you were... I thought you (laughs) Oh, you're no. like insulting someone. No, like, like the yeah, yeah, green yeah. witch yeah. on the street with the big crooked yep. nose. Yes, it very much looked like Bora. But Samantha <laughs> didn't like that representation no, of she, witch. She no. thought it was outdated. She thought it was insulting. And she's right. So she twinkles her little nose. And poof, she replaces it with herself. Yeah, it's basically just like a picture of her blonde hair and everything. And then from there, they do a little drive yeah we finally get to see some of the sights yeah and one of they stop in front of the witch house of course because you have to so you got to remember this is filming back in 1970 there is no witch museum yeah there's there's so few landmarks that we know today as modern salem uh but a couple that they do hit is of course the witch house Mm -hmm. and then a hawthorne statue so so they drive up hawthorne boulevard Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are familiar, they're sort of uh, coming from the waterfront area up towards the uh, hotel, and you're looking at the car as though you're looking down Hawthorne Boulevard. So on the left, you see a Hawthorne statue, and I think in the background, there's this big Sitco sign, which I think is where the parking garage is today, and then it continues up passing the Hawthorne uh, Hotel, and there we go. 
What I was super bummed out, though, is they didn't use the actual Salem commons. No. So we figured out pretty quickly. Uh, they're standing by this park. If you've been to Salem, you know it's this big, it, big meeting space. It's been around since the founding of Salem, pretty much. There's this nice iron fence that goes mm. around it, a lot of trees, pathways. It's kind of a cornerstone of the city. Yeah. And in uh, in Bewitched, it looks where they're standing looks very similar to the common. And we're looking at it going, is, is that, that the common? Yeah. Is that what it looked like? 50 years ago, you know, some trees could have changed and this and that. And then we noticed a, a little detail that made us go, uh, m- no. There were mountains in the background. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, no, yeah. this is so <laughs> not, no. No, no mountains. No mountains in Salem. So they did seem to use a lot of locations in and around Salem, but a lot of green screening of those locations as well. Yeah, so we're not sure if that was due to scheduling issues, maybe weather. Traffic, Yeah, I'm thinking. Because there's, there's even moments where uh, Darren and his boss are green screened in front of the, the witch house, is it? And the Roger Conant statue. And the Roger Conant statue. And they mention Roger Conant, there's the statue, but they're literally just green screened in front of it. But it's not like the actors weren't there. Yeah, they were They here. even use a false Hawthorne Hotel at some points, yeah. even though the actors were staying there when they visited for filming. And they filmed one scene in the hotel that we noticed as well. Yeah, so it's very weird. And Roger Conant, just to be clear, because I don't think we mentioned him in any episodes yet, he's basically regarded as the founder of Salem. 1626, big giant statue in front of the witch uh, museum. He's got a hat and a cape, often mistaken for a witch. Not a witch. Not a witch. Founder of Salem. I know the location is a little deceiving, but uh, it is one of those iconic Salem things, and they were filming right there. The episode continues. They're in Salem. They're going to start their vacation. First thing they're going to do, they're going to go see the sights, and where else do you go but... The House of Seven Gables. Of course. Still a staple here in town. It was very exciting to see. And they actually use, so you see the outside of the building, and then they go in mm-hmm. for a tour. And I'm sure it really hasn't changed much. I was going to say, I think the sign that's outside might be the same. The same <laughs> sign. It, or, they, or they've replaced it with the exact same one. But I was looking, and I was like, mm, Keeping ah. things authentic. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So that's where the episode uh, is sort of coming to a close with this. But then we get a little bit of magic. So things start happening. You can't escape to Salem without... Without encountering a, something. A, a, a magical enchanted bed warmer. So this bed warmer <laughs> starts, while she's in the House of Seven Gables, this antique bed warmer starts coming off the wall and following her around. It's kind of it's getting a little cheeky. Get a little handsy. Yeah. Without hands. Yeah. yeah. She, her, her backside yes. is getting a little, it's a little smack. <laughs> <laughs> or five, I was going to say. Yeah, it would not leave her alone. No. Uh, so then... She sort of discovers, I I don't know. That something is trapped within this bed warmer and decides to help. Yeah, she takes. She just just steals an artifact from the House of Seven Gables. Just uh, a PSA for the day. Don't steal. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Bad witch. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No stealing. Bad witch. Um, Then they bring him back to the hotel. To try to figure out how to turn him back. Yeah. And, that's, and then it closes. That's the episode, the, the end of the episode. And it's sort of a what happens next when Samantha's stolen the bed warmer. So, of course, the next episode is called Samantha's Hot Bed Warmer. <laughs> and Jeff here has a very big issue with transfiguring people into 
object. I think such everyone as should have an issue warmer. with transforming a human into an inanimate object <laughs> and leaving them for 300 years. I, th- I think that's a bit of a, a bit an of an overstep. Yeah. So someone's rights. <laughs> human. Do we not have the rights? Do, do witches not have the same rights that mortals do? I mean, like in the scope of things, Andorra is about 4,000 years old. So I guess 300 years isn't like that long of a time. When, it's when, like a timeout. But but no one seemed to care. No. She goes to the witch's council and is like, Mom, I have this magical bedpan. Or <laughs> <laughs> bed warmer. Bed warmer. <laughs> which doesn't make it any better. Because by the way, this bed warmer was... was quasi-sentient it was observing as it was being pushed into people's beds Mm. yeah spending some (laughs) quality alone time like let's warm up the bed totally a foot guy (laughs) okay well more than likely more than likely okay so (laughs) they and and here's where it gets weird I, I am still confused by the concept of magic in Bewitched. It would seem as though, and this comes up a few times, only the caster of the spell has control over the spell. Yes. So no one can get, reverse someone can, else's spell. Right. So he is a bed warmer until the caster of the spell unbed warmers him, transfigures <laughs> him back into a person. And then they also have to use or utilize the the same spell that they utilized before before so they yep. discover who was it and it was none other than uh samantha's cousin eccentric cousin mm-hmm. uh who who did this of course coincidentally it's the eccentric cousin so they ask her to go back in time to go and see the spell that she casts and she comes back she's like oh i remember what it is okay it was it was weird it was weird and they turn him back into a person but but he has memories, right? Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't seem too bothered either. No. He was totally fine with I, his little... If I'd been trapped as a bed, a bed warmer <laughs> for like a month, not to mention 300 years, I'd be like, how dare you? No consequences. No, nope. no, no being held accountable for your actions of trapping someone as an inanimate object for centuries. That's ah, all cool. Whatever. But uh, yeah, he's a little weird. He's still a little handsy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where it gets a little strange because he's he's conscious. He remembers the things that had happened to him as a bedpan, the 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 suffering, the torn. I don't know. I'm getting. Yeah, he's coming out with a lot less trauma than I would assume yeah. someone would come yeah. out with. But everything's fine. Cool. Uh, it turns out that the, the, they're in court and they bring him in and the, they convince the um, proprietors. The yeah. Tor- I don't know. The, the like the people that run the house, the yeah. Seven Gables. Um. That oh. No bed warmer, but we have a bed warmer expert. He's going to get you a new one. Yeah, they definitely made some uh, yeah. <laughs> innuendos at the end there. <laughs> He's an expert bed warmer. Wink, wink. And then off walks the bed warmer and um, the tour lady. Yeah, so that's don't Okay, cool. Happy ending. Conflict resolution. <laughs> she still should have been held accountable for trapping someone as a bed warmer. You know, I think you should write a... Letter to Bewitched. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Point out all their plot holes. <laughs> Letter to the editor. Put that on a blog post. So next episode is Darren on a Pedestal. And this one was kind of fun. So we spent most of our time outside of Salem and up just a couple towns north in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Yeah. So we're... And 
it's called the Salem saga, but it's maybe like the new England. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely branches out. They don't spend the entire time in Salem. Yeah. This one's very heavy on the fisherman's memorial. So if you've, if you ever have been to Gloucester, Massachusetts, or you know anything about Massachusetts landmarks, because this one is pretty significant. um, There's a fisherman's memorial right on the boardwalk in Gloucester. It's to all of the men and women who have lost their lives at sea for like, I think it was put up in like the twenties. Don't quote me on that, but it's a pretty significant piece of Gloucester history. And you were telling me something about a coin. Oh yeah. Uh, um, So I, I know just a teeny tiny bit about the Gloucester Memorial because I did a a stint at the Lowell National Historic Park. And one of the individuals who I was working with, she had worked on a project for school where she was trying. Do you remember when they were doing quarters? Yeah, all the state quarters. Yeah, the state quarters. Well, they started doing like national national park quarters. Yeah. Yeah, for each state. Yeah. So each state did it differently, but Massachusetts put it up to a vote. And Lowell. So, so many people, the vast majority, voted for the Fisherman's Memorial in Gloucester. But that's not... But it's not a national park. So they weren't able... So like, (laughs) And it was even announced as the winner. But then they had to backtrack and be like, no, it has to be a national park. And the Lowell National Historical Park was the runner-up. And so it automatically went to them by default. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was a huge difference. People were obsessed with the statue, and there was a huge outcry when they didn't get the coin. I don't blame them. That, yeah. That's 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 a, I had no idea. That's yeah. crazy. So instead of going with fishing, uh, we went with textiles. Yeah, and mills. This is you know par for Massachusetts. Shout out to Lowell National Historic Park. Yeah. Go up there. It's yeah. kind of cool. So what probably most people who voted for the statue don't know is that in Bewitched, it was actually uh, removed. Momentarily. Yeah. Uh, made sentient and replaced with Darren. <laughs> so, <laughs> the statue literally comes alive. That, that was her cousin. Again, her, her, her meddlesome. Serena. Serena. Her meddlesome cousin who does this again. And again, I'm sitting here going, you can just fully animate a statue and make this mortal who's. Uh, Poor Darren. Yeah, right. Just turn it. <laughs> and he would have been stuck there. And of course, she's the, she's the bed, bed warmer culprit. So she could have just left him there for 300 years and it would have been fine. Gosh, yeah. totally outrageous. I don't understand. I'm upset. You know what I loved about Serena in that episode is they go to Hammond Castle, yes. which is uh, another I've uh, forgotten. Yeah, another spotlight in Gloucester, and she claims to have put it there. She's, She's like, like oh, oh, I just needed somewhere to stay. I needed some Salem up here. <laughs> okay. Uh, and they go out to dinner. They visit the Gloucester House Restaurant, which is still standing. I don't think I've been there. I have not. So I think we should go. Do you want to go? Yeah. And okay. I want to specifically, I want to be those people to specifically request to sit where Samantha can, sat. Can we be like super touristy and like wear our witch hats and go? And be Abs- like, no. Like, no. No. <laughs> oh, come on. Sure. Yes. <laughs> we're we're going to be those people. So they go up, they have their dinner. There's there's this big business meeting uh, that's going on, right? Mm-hmm. That gets resolved, and and then uh, we get Serena to turn Darren back into a person. Because again, getting back to this concept is only the person who does the magic can undo the spell. Very tricky. Which must suck. Like as as Samantha. What if the witch dies? Right. Does what, the what if there was some spell tragedy just dissipate? go away, or know. are they trapped like that forever? Samantha's in there. She's looking at the statue. She's like, "Oh, haha, that's my husband," and <laughs> she's just like, "You're, you're not gonna okay, fine, whatever." 
And then we move on. Ooh, we're going outside of Salem once again. Sort of. It was a little back and forth. Yeah. Paul Revere rides again. Ooh, the midnight ride of Paul Revere, which didn't... There's a rhyme, right? Yeah. Say it. Can you say it for me? Um, listen closely and you shall hear. I think it's listen closely, you shall hear the midnight ride of Paul Revere. Oh, very and which is only famous, of course, because his name rhymed in the poem, and he was one of uh, three riders, and he didn't actually successfully make the ride. And if I got any of that little historical tidbit wrong, uh, I'm sorry, that was just off my head. <laughs> so I actually really enjoyed this episode from a storytelling perspective. So they are in Salem. Darren still has to do work. His boss has come up to have a uh, advertising meeting with a British company who's importing stuff from England into America. And they use this hook of Paul Revere as the British are coming, as the advertising logo to the British imports are coming into Boston through the advertising agency. Of course, Darren doesn't actually come up with this idea. It's mostly Samantha Mm -hmm. because she accidentally has her nanny transport Paul Revere from the Revolutionary War. To modern day Salem. Which which again, whatever you want to do with magic, it's fine. (laughs) But again, from a storytelling, I was like, this is really cool. And then we're also sort of, I don't want to say shoehorning, but then we're getting into this New England. We've got Salem. We've got Gloucester. We've got got Boston. Boston, Revolutionary War history, fishing history. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at this being like, that's Salem. Yeah. I love that they brought in, it was a very quick mention, but they talk about the Sons of Liberty. And like, if you've been to Salem and you've eaten at my favorite place, Red Sandwich Shop, I think I'm going to try to plug them like every episode. (laughs) Um, Better start getting free meat. We'll go. Yeah. 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 So this is my goal for us in the future. If this is successful enough, I want to make it on to the placemat at Red's. Okay. It's like a dream of mine. We can make that happen. Uh, Salem Historical Tours on there. Um, I think Emporium 32 was on there. Yep. Uh, Gallows Hill was on there. Yeah. But here, let me, and I don't know how Bora's well. Bora's on there now. I don't know how well you've looked at the menu. Yeah. And I don't know if it's still there. It's been a little while. But the owner of Gallows Hill, and this is totally off subject, so my apologies, Eric Rodnizer took, uh, he has a square on there that just says Eric eats here. Does he really? Yeah, he did. Did he pay for that? <laughs> yeah. Why? Just cut. Have you met the guy? Not uh, yet. Okay, he's uh, he, that, that's exactly. That's hilarious. Yeah. Does it say Gallows Hill or anything on he, it? He has another one for Gallows Hill. But he specifically just, or, like just got one. He, oh is, my god! That says Eric Keats here. <laughs> yeah, that one's gonna be hard to beat. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, like every time, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Well, anyway, so okay. Reds. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Reds, uh, favorite place to get breakfast. Great portions, um, amazing staff, but it's also one of our homes from the 1600s. So it used to be the London Coffee House where um, the Sons of Liberty met to conspire against the king. And Down they, with the crowd. Yeah. So how can you not you know, mention that when you're talking Paul Revere? So they really did sort of their research mm-hmm. when it comes to we're in Salem. We have uh, other... New England things to hit. We hit Boston, we hit Gloucester, we hit fishing, we hit Revolutionary War history, which, and I'm hoping that they knew this, and there's probably, there's no way we'll ever know, which is all tied back into Salem history as well as the trials. Yep. So one other thing that, that I liked <laughs> that I thought was funny with the Paul Revere episode is they have this teapot 
that, <laughs> that they're going to give to the British guy as a, a gift because obviously he's British and it's tea and it's Paul Revere. But also, I, I was watching, I'm like, if I was British, I'm not sure I'd want an American teapot from a revolutionary. Like, <laughs> quite ironic. Yeah, yeah, like, here's a teapot from the guy who was like, the British are coming. That's hilarious. Yeah, but they the teapot, it looked, and I, I'm no uh, historical artifact expert, as though it had like a plastic handle. Yeah, they were handling it like it was a Ikea teapot. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't think that was made in the late 1700s. But, but before Paul Revere goes back, he actually clarifies that not only is it from the 1700s, yeah. but... It was his. It was his. And he just happened to not leave his mark because he had to go give his ride. Yeah, that, that he's like, oh, of course it wouldn't have my mark. This was the exact teapot I was making when I gave my midnight ride. And you're like, why didn't you put it on later? And of course, my mind just jumped to like Paul Revere sitting there working on a teapot. Like it's knock on the door. <laughs> Quick. And he's like, oh, got to put okay. down the teapot. And then I forgot about it till I died. Likely story. And then we move, <laughs> after Paul Revere, we move back into more like Salem-centered stuff, yeah. and we get Samantha's bad day in Salem. And it is a bad day, because she's dealing with her creepy, handsy, gropey, manipulative ex-boyfriend. Yeah, it wasn't- Boyfriend's the wrong word. More uh, like a stalker. Stalker? Yeah. yeah. Guy who she knew when she was a kid. I wasn't really a huge fan of this episode. No. It was just kind of like, bleh. Yeah. Uh, but it was more Salem stuff. They were eating in a restaurant- and I don't think it was Red's, mm -hmm. but it it looked like it very well could have been a restaurant in Salem. And I, I don't know if it is. I don't know where it was. You it, should look up. Yeah. There's got to be a list somewhere. It's mostly because of the brick. Yeah. <laughs> so much brick. There was, there was brick. And you're like, if there's brick, it's got to be in Salem. Also, this is the episode that we finally realized that Serena, Serena, the the the, the cousin that she's been in a few episodes, she has this black hair and she's way more kind of quirky, mouthy and weird and whatever else. She speaks differently too. Yeah, yeah. But she is Elizabeth Montgomery. Yes, she is the same actress who I plays Samantha, I, and I, it took us episodes to even realize. I, I paused it and I was like, "Oh my god, Samantha's Serena." All right, so I'm going to get a little 90s on you for a minute here. I had a slight realization while watching this episode. Have you ever seen Charmed? Yeah. You have? Yeah. Oh, that makes me happy. <laughs> Not, I, I like, didn't peg you as a Charmed fan. I mean, you know, I, I like all the weird witchy stuff, and it was on the WB. Yeah, they ran for like eight seasons, I, I believe. I would say I've probably seen like almost all of it. Oh, oh good, but, good. But not, not like... Like it would be on, right? And yeah, I'd, it would just be on. Yeah, so I'd like follow the story and stuff, you know. Like so, they they, they probably ran it like back to back, like two hours. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they would so so in season four, there's an episode where Alyssa Milano, who plays Phoebe mm -hmm. on the show, she is engaged. She gets proposed to by her boyfriend Cole, and he's he, the the demon. Yes. Right. Oh okay. my gosh, okay. you're making me so happy right now. That <laughs> um, <laughs> you can follow along with us. So he proposes with her grandmother's wedding ring, and her yes. grandmother has been married multiple times, like like six times. She she was like the witch. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, like yeah. the matriarch. Yeah. yeah witch of the family. And so she, in order to avoid heartbreak again, avoid marrying again, she put a curse on the ring. So basically what happens is when Phoebe puts that ring on, she starts to revert back into 
Samantha Stevens to the point where by the end of the episode, she's flashing black and white and she's crocheting and she doesn't recognize herself. So there's this moment, right? There's this moment where she's half Phoebe, half whatever this thing is. And she enters a room. Someone says, Phoebe. She goes, Serena, Sam. (laughs) And it wasn't until this moment where we realized that Serena and Sam are the same actress. That you realize that they're cousins. That that's what they meant in the episode. That's amazing. So in yeah. in Charmed, there was not a throwaway, but a just a, a, a little hidden Easter oh, egg yes. reference to the TV show Bewitched. Yep, I loved it. I was so excited years later to discover like that's and of course anyone watching it in you know the early two thousands they. T- probably picked up on that reference. Did they? When it, I would think so. Like maybe our parents. Yeah. If but like, what was the target audience of Charmed? I feel was, like was, my mom. Was your mom? I, yeah, I thought, that's the only reason. I would have why... thought it would have been more like sixteen to thirty, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was probably lost on a, a lot of maybe. people. Well, now you know. <laughs> the more you know, now everyone knows. So cool. Cool little aside. Yeah. But no, I felt felt kind of like a bit of an idiot, now, I, not knowing. Like, how did I not realize? Oh it? yeah, I just thought it was a, another actress who looked very similar to her. I think we had to look it up. Yeah. in fact, just I was to like, confirm. I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, oh my, thank gosh. Yeah. For so IMDb. who? For anyone who never knew, <laughs> if you want to, Serena let us know, is Samantha. Yeah, uh, we can we can throw a poll up somewhere. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. For, um. So uh, that episode's done. Done with the creepy uh, stalker ex whatever he's done he's weird uh and we're going on to the final episode of the season which is sort of the 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 pinnacle of this salem arc it is actually called uh samantha's old salem trip and i think this is what i was looking for this is what i expected i expected sort of all the episodes going into this uh, yeah, yeah yeah Like going back to old Salem, like this is the moment where she actually goes back to 1692 Salem. The trials. When the trials are happening. Yeah. So her nanny, which is the same one who brought Paul Revere back, seems to be a little inept. Mm-hmm. And I guess that that's sort of a, a, a story arc throughout these uh, shows. And she accidentally, instead of, instead of sending Samantha back to Salem, mm-hmm. she sends Samantha back to, to old Salem. Yeah, so back in time. And and I guess, again, laws of magical whatever, uh, she doesn't have her magic. That's not really explained. And she doesn't remember anyone who hasn't been born yet. So she's now some mortal woman wandering around Salem in 1692. <gasps> her mother realizes, <gasps> how do we solve the problem? And instead of sending any of the dozens of witches at the witches' council back or herself going back to save her daughter. They'd already sent her cousin back once. They decide to send the mortal husband, Darren. Who she doesn't remember. Yeah. And has no no powers. Yeah. They tell him how she can get her memory back. Yeah. Which is this weird convoluted, we'll get that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But they expect him to just be able to do it. Yeah, of course. Why not? Sends him back. And then my favorite part, immediately when he shows up, comes upon a woman in some stocks. He says, what'd you do to get in there? She says, I was sharp to my husband. Ooh. That's all? Man, these were the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> and 
all of our mouths just, just we dropped. Like, what? You can't say that. Yeah, in their defense, this um, even so, though there were some handsy episodes, yeah. they weren't very misogynistic. No, this throughout. was the first real, and it stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, uh, which which we, we really appreciate. It was the first sort of like, oh, this was filmed in, in the seventies, kind mm-hmm. of you know, Mad Men era. But what I enjoyed about that line was that that was a crime that right. you would have been put in the stocks for. Uh, speaking sharply to your husband. So again, we're historical accuracy and this episode is wrought with historical accuracies. Yeah. Um, some inaccuracies, but there's a lot of good stuff in this one, which we, we really valued and really appreciated, which was, I think at the end of it, one of the reasons that we really appreciated this whole story arc. Yeah. Kudos to the writers, especially on this episode in particular, they did their research on the trials. Yeah. There's so, uh, Darren finds Samantha. She's already in jail for being a witch. He's he's arrested as well. And they're now going to trial, which, by the way, is not at the courthouse, because why would you bring a trial to the courthouse? Where would you try witches? <gasps> the witch house, even though... That's not what happened. It wouldn't. That's not what happened. It wouldn't have been called the witch house back then. We're going to be diving into it in one of our upcoming episodes. Yeah. The witch house was actually home to Judge Jonathan Corwin. Yeah. So he was a judge on the trials, but yes. those trials themselves took place around the corner. But... Darren's getting yanked out the out of the cell, and he sort of turns to uh, Samantha, who's not. She still doesn't have her memories back, and he's like, "Uh oh, we got to be careful. They burn witches here." The guard says, "No, we don't. We hang them." But you're like, "What? That's great. We're yes. both sitting here. We're like, oh, they got it right. They got the historical accuracy. We right. were so happy. Yeah, yeah. That was that was nice to see. Putting that misconception to bed, yeah. just like they did it when they arrived in Salem. These people weren't actually witches. Yeah." So that brings us to the trial. So they're putting putting her on trial, and they're sort of doing it very similar to what would have happened uh, back in the day. At one point, the judge says, you'll be hanged if you do not confess. And she says, and if I do confess, then you will also be hanged. Obviously. Of course, because how else are you going to do it? Yeah. And then Darren sort of gets his way in there and, and he manages to be like, I can prove that she's a witch. And he's like, here, just put this coin on your head and bow down and say these magical words like four times, which is sort of the, the spell. And all of a sudden, poof, she gets her memories back. And then she starts turning it around on the judges. Yeah, Darren's like, come on, quick, we got to get out of here. And she's like, no, 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 no. She says, I can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that none of these people are witches who you've already executed. Mm-hmm. So it would seem as though they probably put her uh, in like that September, October time frame is sort of what they were thinking. Right. Because it seems that they've already held trial. So she's now just added to the docket. Yep. Well, what's interesting is that they start twisting her words back on her, which is exactly what they did in, in the actual trials. Right. She says, well, if I'm a magical creature with all these magical powers, how on earth can you imprison me and put me on trial? And they say, well, you're not going to show us your powers in front of us because then we would know for certain that you're a witch. And we were like, wow, this is really, really well done. Yes. And she's like, oh, well. And then she just like sort of uh, enchants her her shackles. Mm-hmm. One of the guards grabs them and he gets like, like electrocuted and he falls off and then she snaps her fingers and the chains fall off and everyone in the courtroom's like, <gasps> they're terrified. This is exactly what they were hoping for. <laughs> right? I guess, when you want to see a witch, here we go. And she's like, oh yeah, by the way. And she lights this trash bin on fire, transfigures herself into like this, this bucket and douses the flames and turns back and sort of like smugly's like, yeah, see? 
this is what witches can do. And you didn't kill any witches. You killed innocent people. And yeah. then he stops the trials. Yeah. He's, he's real. Like, remorse is the wrong word. Kind of um, like an oops. Yeah. Big oops. Yeah. And then what's not actually funny, but it's still funny. He, what does he say? Uh, let's all. Uh, oh, forget this ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what they did. Back in 1692 and 93, yeah, they they walk away from it. Yeah. They try to push it under the rug. The the amount of shame. I mean, these people realized after the fact that they did kill innocent folks, and that's pretty much how that episode went. Yeah, and then it was over, just like the trials were over. Done. All of a sudden, poof, she's gone. And where does she go? She comes to downtown Salem. <laughs> <laughs> Appears in a poof of smoke. Like literally, yeah. So Jokes aside, she poofs out the episode. Obviously, the episode ends. But then in 2005... She is unveiled here in downtown. So brings us back to the statue. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the unveiling and the controversy around the unveiling. Because it, it people weren't... I mean, not everyone was happy she was here. Still, you still run into people there's, that there's think... There's still people. Yeah, that are still a little sour about her being yeah. here. Remember, she's this huge nine-foot bronze statue right in the middle of Lappin Park, right in the center of downtown. They unveil her on June fifteenth, two 2005. So this is 35 years after mm-hmm. the uh, episode's air. It was all is, part of... TV land. Yes. So it's put on by TV land. They were doing other installations throughout the country, paying tribute to other TV land shows. They originally wanted to put her down in Connecticut. In Westport. Right. And they said no. Yeah. They're a little too good for a statue. (laughs) Ew. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Salem, (laughs) of course, Salem takes her. And, uh, you know, I was reading up on the unveiling and I kept seeing clouds of smoke, like poof of smoke. She appeared in a poof of smoke. And I was like, how, how did they do this? Like, how big was this unveiling? I finally found a video, and they actually did include smoke when they lifted the curtain off. So it's super cool. Um, the day of, they've got about a 1,000 people or so gathered. They've got a TV land backdrop behind her, a blue blanket on top, curtain, and the little chime goes when yeah. she she appears the, yeah. in the show. Yeah, so they had like speakers set up and everything. Uh, the curtain lifts, the the little jingle sounds, and, and poof, there she is. The smoke comes up. Poof, she is. It was so cool. Um, a minute or two minutes beforehand, right across the street, in what it looked like what is today Rockefellers, in one of the top windows, uh-huh. someone unleashed this huge white banner that just said shame so they're they're <laughs> protesting the the tv land statue it's like, like when we say they they didn't want it here it wasn't just like murmurs it, they were out there like picketing oh yeah yeah it was it was That's a big crazy. deal it, and I, from the sounds of it the majority of folks there were very much supportive going in but it seems like from what i was reading it was more like the historical folks here in town like from the historic districts they thought that she tarnished the history. Um, That's that sort of makes sense. But at the same time, we we need to to focus on this reclamation of the tragedy versus this commercialization, which we talked about in the last yeah. episode a little bit. But that's where this comes to a head is is what is that line that we walk? Yeah, it's like did these people even watch the episodes? <laughs> Probably <laughs> Cuz they actually have some good good um points yeah. in there. Yeah. But yeah, folks said that it tri- trivialized the trials and the deaths of those innocent people. You got to remember the witch trials memorial is just around the corner and for some it seemed disrespectful. I understand. 
Uh, some called it a distortion of our history. Some went even as far as to say, we don't make fun of the Holocaust. So there were some that's, emotions that's a raging. Extreme. So that's that's interesting that, that they get so upset. And so I think it... Mm. And I wasn't here in 2005, so, so I can't speak to what the tone is. The tone today is much, much different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there, there's people who disagree with that. But we have all these witch stores, these witch hats. People come, they talk about this. And then hopefully through avenues like what we're doing, they learn more. But a lot of people don't realize that those doors are there until they get here. So we provide those avenues. They just have to get here first. And if something like the Samantha statue draws them here, then then I'm okay with that. Yeah, but I on the flip side, I could also see if someone is super into history and old Salem and yeah. they come up upon a statue of Elizabeth Montgomery, they might think it's a little kitschy. Actually, one guy said, uh, new heights of tacky. Well, no. And someone Get also said, it. Roger Conant is crying. Oh, please. Roger Conant doesn't care. So. Magistrate Hathorne is crying because it's on his land. Yes. Roger Conant I think that's more yeah. accurate. I think that's more accurate. Uh, the mayor, when they were unveiling the statue, the mayor ended up saying, you know, we do, in fact, have a great and rich history, and there is more than enough room for contemporary art and modern culture. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think that brings us to an end yeah. with uh, all the bewitch stuff. I'm sure we'll bring it up again. We'll talk about Samantha. We'll talk about all these things. You, you can't really talk about Salem a lot without. And uh, we got a lot of stuff in the show notes for you today. We'll have some clips of the show, the the opening, uh, that unveiling video that you found. We'll have all that. Yeah, uh, any, any articles that yeah. mention the uh, statue going up. So take a look in the show notes. Otherwise, thanks for joining us. In the next episode, we're going to be giving you a brief overview of tourism in Salem. The thing that drives the city. And our jobs. (laughs) Uh, Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, tell a couple of your friends. And be sure to follow us on all the socials. We are at Salem the Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And if you have any questions, uh, shoot us an email. Hello at Salem the Podcast. And if you're visiting Salem, be sure to take a tour with either Jeffrey or myself. Links to both of those are in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you later.